Texas Football Today is a production of Dave Campbell's Texas Football Magazine and TexasFootball.com. If you like the show, help us make it. Subscribe at TexasFootball.com slash subscribe. As a subscriber, you'll get two magazines, including our legendary summer edition and a year of exclusive content on TexasFootball.com. Sound good to you? Go to TexasFootball.com slash subscribe. That's TexasFootball.com slash subscribe. The Texas Football Today podcast is brought to you by VCR Now. Are you looking for an opportunity to captivate and enhance the experience of those who visit your stadium, arena, house of worship, or business? VCR Now can help you achieve that goal with a total experience. VCR Now is a technology organization that can fulfill your LED, audio, video, lighting, networking, security, and infrastructure dreams. Visit VCRNow.com to learn more. Watch Texas Football Today live every weekday at noon on TexasFootball.com, YouTube, Facebook, and Twitch. And get involved in the conversation using the hashtag TFToday. Yes, yes, y'all. From the Dave Campbell's Texas Football Mothership here in beautiful Louisville, Texas, it is Texas Football Today, where every day is Super Sunday. Except for Monday through Saturday. Mm, Yeah. My name's Greg Tupper. I'm the managing editor of Dave Campbell's Texas Football Magazine. TexasFootball.com, a corresponding website. Thank you for spending part of your day with us. Whether you're watching us live, TexasFootball.com, Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, Twitter, all the places. I don't want to knock over this TV. Or listen to us in the podcast, which you can subscribe to on the podcast vendor of your choice. Either way, thank you for doing your part to support your local mediocre internet show. I am sitting here, sitting over there at the helm today, making us sound good. She is the Duchess of the Dorks. She's Ashley Pickle. Hi, friends. Hello, Ashley Pickle. Happy Monday. Happy Super Monday. Happy Crudo Monday. Once again, our friends in the Rio Grande Valley have it figured out. If you don't know, Crudo Monday is a scheduled day off that they just, like the city of Edinburgh is just closed today. You know who doesn't get Mondays off down there, though? The girls' basketball teams. It's by district today Mm. and tomorrow, and most of... They are playing quite a bit of the games tomorrow, yeah. but there are a couple of RGV games tonight. Yeah. On Texan Watch? Uh, no. Uh, NFHS, NFHS Network. Yeah. NFHS Network. So you can watch that there. Um, but, but yeah, they, uh, like, they're they smart. Just, they just decide. They're just like, what if we just, we all agree that we're going to probably stay up too late? Yeah. On Well, Sunday? I'm still, I am still on the trek, and we need to have a serious discussion about this. Okay. We need to, us taking Labor Day off in September really stinks for us Agreed. it's a it's a really hard monday for we us just, to take we just, off we just can't yeah we end up so working. what i think that we should do is switch that i think that we should take our labor day holiday and push it to crudo monday like because there's there is stuff to be doing today obviously especially with basketball going on but there is a lot more stuff to be mm-hmm. doing on that monday great point so I think that Good we point. should start a riot in the staff meeting today. I don't necessarily disagree. Uh, today is Monday, February 13th, 2023. It is 283 days till Thanksgiving. Happy birthday to Jerry Springer. Oh, nice. Jerry Springer turned 79 today, former Cincinnati mayor. Uh, it's episode 1,537. On today's show, folks, we've got headlines from across the state, including, hey, turns out that Texas and Oklahoma are going to leave talk about that Crazy. in the back half of the show we will recap super bowl 57 as we are the official super bowl post game show uh we're very proud of that 
Um, and this, of course, can be sponsored, so call us. But, yes, we will be uh, recapping the superb owl, whether it's the game or the broadcast or the commercials or all things in between the halftime show, mm-hmm. the national anthem. Brianna's pregnant, by the way. Did you see that? We'll talk about that coming up okay. here at the back half of the program. Do we have first four through the door? Um, we sure do. It was Sydney Paulson. She said, howdy, finally catching the show live. Hi. Welcome She's in, celebrating Crudo Monday. Yeah. Uh, just Chad, Nick Morton, and Daniel Agnew. Welcome in, lady fella and fellas. Mm, I like how you... I like it. The reverse. Yeah. She got in first. Hold on. All right, Pickle. Let's get some headlines from across the state of Texas. You may remember the last time that we did headlines. We sat here and we said, hey, boy, there's reports out there. That Texas and Oklahoma are not going to be joining until after their contract expires after the 2025 season. And they said, uh, huh, okay, they reported it on Texas Football Today. Now we can now scrap we can that em. plan. <laughs> we can get them. Go back and run back the tape because we did mention that it is possible mm-hmm. that this was a um, negotiating tactic yes. between these. And it turns out it was. Yep. Texas and Oklahoma will leave the Big 12 and join the SEC starting in 2024. They will pay a combined $100 million um, to uh, the Big 12 and its television partners um, in order to make them right. Uh, from what I understand and kind of listening to smart people who are, on the, who are the, in the, on the inside of this, it sounds like what was really the, um, what was really the, the hang-up was that Fox, which has the Big 12, Mm -hmm. did not love the idea of them losing a year of Texas and Oklahoma to ESPN, who has the SEC, basically. you know, seems to make sense, dollars and cents-wise. Right. Mm -hmm. Like, if if ESPN owned everything, this would have been done yesterday. You know what I mean? Because it's all going in the same bucket. Yeah, it's not competing networks. And so then they ended up coming to an agreement. It will be about $100 million that they will pay out to the eight legacy members so like i'm sorry houston you don't get any of this money Mm -hmm. but they the you know tcu baylor tech and all them will get uh payments from texas and ou to make them right i genuinely would love to and this is obviously way above the information that we have i would love to see like a report of the amount of money that texas and ou bring in like average wise Mm -hmm. on a particular year to see how much that 110 million like really matches that like are their rights literally worth that much did they lowball them did they highball them like what i would say my guess again guess is that texas wouldn't agree to this yeah if they didn't feel like yeah we're gonna make that back in like a minute and a half exactly and certainly they're gonna get a nice payout when they move the sec um which is kind of the whole purpose of them going um so this will be the only year of the 14 team um Big 12. Uh, Big 12. This will be the only year because then it will they'll lose him, and then there will be back, amazingly, in kind of a roundabout way, <laughs> to 12. I was going to say, it only took like, I don't know, what, 10, 15 years so we're we, finally so back they to did Big it. 12. Hanging on, hanging on to that naming convention finally paid off. We had to go down to 10 and back up, up to, to 14. 14 to land at 12. Hey, <laughs> they're going to be 12, and, and there you go. Um, so... That is the biggest news to come out of this is that um, is that there's going to be a reduction in revenue for those teams and the $100 million is going to help make them whole. But I see uh, Texas will only have one. This is their last year 
in the Big 12 as they will be moving to the SEC starting in 2024. Uh, sad news out of Stephenville um, at Tarleton. Um, uh, as Mark Martinez, a Tarleton athletic uh, assistant football coach, uh, was killed in a motor uh, in a motor accident on Friday morning. Uh, he went to 2011 after graduating from Midway, uh, Hewitt Midway, um, and then never left Stephenville. Standout linebacker, uh, a two-time All Lone Star Conference pick, uh, led the team in tackles during his senior season. Uh, he then transitioned to the coaching staff, where he mm-hmm. began assisting with the linebackers. Um, he was their full-time linebackers coach starting in 2017. So, um, very sad news there. There's been a GoFundMe that's set up for his family. He's got uh, he survived by his um his he was 30 years old uh he's got a wife and two daughters uh that he leaves behind so if you have the means on texasfootball.com we have it linked uh but tarleton assistant coach mark martinez sadly killed in a car crash uh last on uh, this past friday um speaking of college football speaking of small college football i would like to congratulate our small college insider Corey hogue he this is true when we went to houston Mm -hmm. he said this to me like without a shred of joking in his voice without Mm -hmm. a shred of irony Mm -hmm. or anything like that this Mm -hmm. he said to me quote it's really stressing me out that i don't know who wayland baptist is gonna hire end quote yeah and he meant it he oh he meant every like every staff meeting after that statement we kind of brought it up as like a joke yeah we've heard nothing but like it's killing me that i don't know it it really was i think it was keeping him up at night it was keeping him up at night i think he was really stressed yeah well his long (laughs) nightmare is over like this is like a month or two oh yeah no it was open for a while but waylon baptist has promoted their defense coordinator marcos hinojos to be their head coach um butch uh, henderson resigned back in november Hinojos has been there uh, at Wayland Baptist since 2015, mm-hmm. before being elevated defensive coordinator. Uh, you may you may recognize that name. Texas high school football coaches or uh, fans may recognize that name. He was the head coach at Plainview for four years before he moved over to the college football ranks there. But Marcos Hinojos is going to be the next head coach at Wayland Baptist. So congratulations to Wayland Baptist and congratulations to Corey Hoke. Really, really happy for him. Really happy for him. Uh, this was some news that I believe our own Greg Powers wrote mm-hmm. on TexasFootball.com. Uh, you file this under Rich Getting Richer. Uh, DeSoto uh, has picked up a pretty heavy-hitting transfer, mm-hmm. and that is Midlothian Heritage wide receiver TJ Pride. It's in Antonio Pride, but he goes by TJ. Um, he's transferred to DeSoto. He was a star for the Jaguars this past year, 730 yards and nine touchdowns receiving. Um and it's going to be an offensive unit that's going to look pretty good for the defending champs. Uh, DJ Bailey, their quarterback, is going to be back. Um, and although they are they are in need of some help at the wide receiver spot, Jontae Cook is gone, Cedric Harden is gone, uh, Dalen Jones, Trey Wisner, and, and Crimson Mathis all gone to the next level. Uh, but certainly having TJ Pride back there is going to help them uh, as they get a big-time pickup on the, uh, in, in a transfer from Midlothian Heritage. Uh, TJ Pride will play at DeSoto for his senior season. On the high school coaching changes front, you can find all the coaching changes at texasfootball.com. And there's courtesy, a lot of them. Courtesy of Aaron Matt Stepp. It's coaching changes. It's step bomb season. So Plano. Plano has been looking for a coach for, for a hot minute. Todd Ford resigned right after the 2022 season. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's leaving education from what we understand. Uh, Plano has hired Cody White. Uh, Cody White is a former Denison head coach who has spent the, uh, the last 11 years... 
um, at Brentwood Academy in Tennessee, um, where he was 103 and 27 during that time. Four straight state championships from 2015 uh, to 2018. Uh, they they had a, four other state semifinal appearances. I mean, they are a powerhouse in Tennessee. Uh, but it sounds like, from what from what we understand, uh, Coach White is uh, wants to move back. In fact, he, he's excited to come back home to Texas. And he's taking over one of the largest programs in the state with, of course, a great pedigree there at Plano High. Um, and so Cody White, the next head coach at the Plano Wildcats, we will see uh, how things shake out there. Uh, but he, of course, he was uh, the head coach of Denison from 2007 to 2011. Uh, went on a state semifinal run back in 2009. Uh, so, yeah, that's big news out of Plano. Uh, mm-hmm. As Plano's uh, coat is the new head coach is Cody White. So keep an eye on that. Um, speaking of coaching chain, coaching vacancies that have kept our staff up at night. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, Cedar Hill has finally made a hire. You may remember that Cedar Hill has been looking for a head coach uh, after Carlos Lynn uh, resigned back in... Boy, December? Yeah, I was going to say, it's been at least three months. Close to I don't know, yeah, Probably close to three months. I think, it was at the ve- I think it was at the very end of November, to be might honest with you. Uh, Might have been. Um, and um, Carlos Lynn resigned. He's since gotten another job. He's mm-hmm. at Crowley now. Um, but they have a new head coach. They have hired Midlothian Heritage Assistant Nick Ward to be their next head coach. He is a Dallas guy. He's from, he went to Seagaville High School. Uh, you may know his brother. Uh, his his brother is Kyle Ward, the defensive coordinator at South Oak Cliff. Um, he's uh, he that's his younger brother. This is this is big brother Nick bro- Nick Ward is, um, and yeah, he was most recently the uh, he's got ties to Cedar Hill uh, through um, he. He, first of all, he had a tremendous playing career. Yeah. Um, he was uh, he played in the Arena Football League. Before that, he he played for the Miami Hurricanes, um, and uh, so he's ha- he had a terrific playing career. He then got into the coaching world. Um, he was uh, in Cleburne um, for, under Coach K- uh, Casey Walraven. Moved to North Mesquite, then to Dallas Lincoln. Can bounced around. At, he was Midlothian. I'm sorry, this is Midlothian, not Midlothian Heritage. I should say. Uh, that's my bad. Uh, but oh. Midlothian. Um, his lone year, he was an assistant on their defense, which went 12-1 and one and was fantastic. Um, and so, yeah, so Midlothian's uh, assistant, uh, Nick Ward, uh, is the new head coach at Cedar Hill. Uh, it will be interesting to see how all that shakes out after a long, very just... It was strenuous. Very, a very long and kind of stressful process there mm-hmm. at Cedar Hill. But they have their guy in Nick Ward, the Midlothian assistant, become the new, next head coach at Cedar Hill. Bounce down to the Austin area where Austin Del Valley is looking for a head coach. Um, Bobby Acosta uh, on Thursday told his team that he is resigning his post. He's going to become the offensive coordinator at an FCS program. Mm-hmm. I have not spotted where that is. Was he at I, he was at IMG beforehand? He, yes. Yes. Okay. Um, let me see if I can find it real quick on a, on a Twitter search. If yeah, because I, I remember he, he came over landing. from yes. IMG to yes. take this job, which was very notable. Yeah. Uh, so Bobby Acosta, um, uh, uh, Bobby Acosta was at IMG uh, before he made it to Del Valley, um, where he was um, and and helped them kind of. He goes four and sixteen in two seasons there. Uh, but yeah, he was it was a really big deal whenever he took over uh, that job. Um, but Austin Del Valley now looking for another head coach as uh, Bobby Acosta stepping down. We will as soon as we find out where he's going to land. He said he was going to become the offensive coordinator at an FCS program. We'll, mm-hmm. When we find out, we'll report that. But for now, uh, Austin Del Valley looking for a new head coach. 
also looking for a new head coach is Mount Vernon. Mount Vernon is looking for a new head coach as their head coach, Brad Willard, is stepping down to become the offensive coordinator at Tyler Legacy. Did this one surprise you a little bit? It's interesting. He's got so he's got a connection. Bo Trahan was yes. hired to be the uh, the the next head coach at Tyler Le- at Tyler Legacy, mm-hmm. right? The former Tulsa quarterbacks coach, former Texas quarterback. He has ties. Coach Willard Brad Willard does have ties to Bo Trahan. Uh, he was a grad assistant at Baylor uh, with Bo Trahan. So they have some ties, mm-hmm. um, and he he told our own Matt Sepp that he's really excited to uh, to to coach with Coach Trahan again. Uh, excited to see what what they're able to put together offensively. Uh, but yeah, uh, Mount Vernon is now open. <sighs> How do I put this? Mount Vernon's been really good the past couple of years. Mm-hmm. They're graduating pretty heavy. Yes, and I'm not saying that he's trying. He's running away. What I'm saying is, I think the opportunity to become the offensive coordinator with a guy that he knows right. there at a at a six A school uh, was pretty tempting. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you add in the fact that Mount Vernon may be graduating pretty heavy. I wonder if that's kind of that all those pieces again this is me speculating I haven't talked with with coach Willard but I do wonder if that kind of all fits mm-hmm. together. Well, and uh, a lot of times it's rather shocking though. Remember he took over for our Bryles there and they have been really good he went, uh he he was 23 and 4 in two seasons there. Yep. Um I mean, they went nine and three this past year, but we've talked about that it really doesn't tell the whole story cuz no. they were cooking and then McKenzie McGill got hurt yep. and then the you know the offense kind of went from unbelievable to only pretty good and the defense you know, couldn't keep yeah, up. Yeah, exactly right. Um, yeah, I was I was a little surprised by that. It also too, there's a lot of times I feel like when coaches are coming, head coaches are coming in from college and dipping into the high school ranks. Their mm-hmm. goal is inevitably to get back up to that ranks, and a lot of time, if you kind of partner up with them and stick with them, your chance. Maybe Willard is also looking maybe. to go to to the high college ranks at some point. We'll so, yeah. yeah, interesting. We'll see. Anyway, uh, uh, Mount Vernon looking for a head coach after Brad Willard is going to be the offensive coordinator at Tyler Legacy. Staying out east, Henderson has made a hire. Henderson, uh, you know, you really, since you've worked here, you haven't known Henderson as like a powerhouse, but they used to be just a, they used to be like, in a lot of ways, chief challenger to like Carthage out there for East Texas. Yeah, and now they've just kind of bit, you know, second or third I mean, in the district, yeah, it and, seems and, like. Yeah, and you know, yeah, the, the past year was, was, was really, they really struggled. I think they got bit by the injury bug pretty well. Uh, they are looking for a new head coach. And they found it in Clay Baker. Clay Baker is now is leaving Price Carlisle to become the next head coach there at Henderson. Uh, Baker's been at Price Carlisle since 2008. Uh, he was an assistant under his coach, under, under his father, Rocky Baker, who was the head coach there for, for 13 years. Um, he got promoted in 2018, went 12 and one in his first season, and then this past year in 2022 went 11 and two. Price Car, I'll just say this one. Uh, Baker's uh, a Henderson grad, so this is a home going for him. Mm-hmm. Um, he gets an opportunity to uh, to coach his alma mater, which is great. I think Price Carlisle is going to be a pretty attractive job. Yep. And I would keep an eye on that. I am. I think Price Carlisle has a good pedigree and good facilities and a good situation there. Mm-hmm. That I. It's I just would, an attractive place to live. Period. I would anticipate there to be a pretty sizable. Um, group of of applicants for that job finally let's go down to the coast uh where there's been uh a little bit of movement uh sweeney has made a hire 
Um, Clayton Odom, you may remember, uh, is is out. He resigned after two seasons. He's going to be an assistant coach in KDISD. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Sweeney has gone and hired Jay Seibert, the head coach at Rockport Fulton, which I think is a terrific hire for them. Um, this is a guy, Coach Jay Seibert, uh, spent twelve has, has twelve years, um, you know, uh, as a head coach, including I believe the last ten um, there at uh, Rockport Fulton. He's eighty three and fifty six overall. Um, I will always remember Jay Seibert at Rockport Fulton. If you remember when Hurricane Harvey, mm-hmm. um, Rockport Fulton, Rockport Fulton was, I mean, you, you don't want to throw this word around, but it was like ground zero for that hurricane. Yeah. They got it hammered. Destroyed it got it. devastated. And Jay Seibert was able to not only hold the program together, but they made a run to the regional semifinals mm-hmm. that year. Uh, that is probably his his like shining like a one on his resume, mm-hmm. um, and so uh, the other thing that's interesting keep an eye on this. Uh, so Jay Cyber has a son Ace Cyber, mm-hmm. who is a really good looking quarterback, uh, who is now going to make the move with him to Sweeney. So that's big news. Uh, so Sweeney picks up not only a great coach in Jay Cyber but also a pretty darn good quarterback in Ace Cyber, and uh, Rockport Fulton is now open. I'll be very interested to see how he pushes uh, facility upgrades down there at mm-hmm. Sweeney because there's a lot of like their softball and baseball fields are awesome, but their the football field needs some needs some work to it. So They're I'll be gonna, interested to see if that's a, a top priority or will, not. I mean, I, I mean, hiring a coach like like Coach Seibert to yeah. me indicates that they're getting they're pretty serious about football. So anyway, there are some headlines from across the state. We're Texas Football Today. We're here every weekday at noon on TexasFootball.com, talking football in the Lone Star State. You can follow us on Twitter at DCTF, like us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Dave Campbells. Follow us on Instagram, Instagram.com slash Dave Campbells, and of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. TexasFootball.com is where you can find complete coverage of high school football, college football, and recruiting all across the Lone Star State. Hope you'll consider becoming a Dave Campbell's Texas Football subscriber at TexasFootball.com slash subscribe. Now, a word from our friends at VCR Now. Born and bred in Texas hits a little different, as it should. Texas loves doing business with fellow Texans. VCR now takes its Texas roots as seriously as its many partnerships with schools and universities around the state. It's also why we're so proud to promote our brand in the pages of the Texas Bible, Dave Campbell's Texas Football, and on the airwaves of Texas Football Today. Driven by producing quality broadcast video, state-of-the-art audio, and LED video scoreboards at affordable prices, VCR now makes sure to listen to your needs in its athletic department before recommending the next best steps. Building great products is our business, and it's our focus on building meaningful long-term partnerships with our clients that sets us apart. From our 24-7, 365-day help desk, the training lab in our hometown of Red Oak, or our sports marketing business plan that puts money back in the hands of our athletic departments we support, VCR Now is built to last. Reach out to us today at info at vcrnow.com or by calling 855-GO-VCR-NOW. Again, that's info at vcrnow.com or by calling 855-GO-VCR-NOW. All right, Pickle. I'm not sure what you did last night, but I was by the television. Mm-hmm. And I, along with a couple hundred million of my friends probably. Yeah. Was watching Super Bowl 57. That's right. We watched it so you didn't have to. Because we're here to take you play by play. Snap one. Philadelphia runs for two. Um, no. Uh, we watched uh, the, the game. Chiefs win 38-35. Mm-hmm. Um, in a 
I have a lot of thoughts on this game. Okay. Um, I thought that the I thought that the Eagles were pretty clearly the better team in the first half. Mm-hmm. And the Chiefs were pretty clearly the better team in the second half. Whatever they put into that man's ankle, it worked. And that um and that to me evened out to exactly what you saw, which was thirty five thirty five. It was a really good like I think the overarching thought is it was a good like it was a fun game what's, to watch. What's really interesting, I was looking at this today. Um, so Football Outsiders does they have a statistic called like DVOA, which is kind of an all encompassing how well are you playing yeah. type thing. And overall it said that the Chiefs dominated that game. Like their post game win expectancy, which is like if you just feed it into a computer and, and, and run those plays, how mm-hmm. how do things work? How, like the success in the play had them at like a ninety four percent like yeah. win expectancy. That didn't it didn't feel like that. I know why the computer thinks that way is because the Eagles kept converting third and fourth downs. Mm-hmm. They were pretty garbage on first and second down and yes. then they were money on third and fourth down mm-hmm. and so I think the computer thought that's not particularly sustainable and as a result um, I also think the Chiefs defense having what could have been multiple turnovers it wasn't Bolton obviously ran the mm-hmm. one back for the touchdown which that kind of got them back into the game I felt like and then the second one he picked it up again yeah. and they ended up saying that it was an incomplete pass but I think that that also helped towards the dominant like that factor. Yeah, I think that's part of it. You know, they, they got the big splash play. Uh, a lot of Texas high school football stars in yeah, this game. Yeah, Frisco Lone Star. Um, Frisco Lone Star, Nick Bolton, with that defensive touchdown. Uh, he is a Mizzou guy, and Mizzou oh, let gosh. me know by asking for money in an email today that um, <laughs> that it's the first time a Mizzou Tiger has scored in a Super Bowl. <laughs> Donate. Um, uh, but Jalen Hurts, I thought Jalen Hurts was unbelievable last night Mm -hmm. i thought he was spectacular he made a couple of throws that were shocking yes uh and then he was able to run the ball okay i thought that i thought the kansas city did a good job a relatively good job bottling him up he set a a super bowl record for quarterback scoring rushing touchdowns that when he had his third one which was the one where the guy ended up getting tripped up literally at the one so then jalen went down and punched it in so i i I did enjoy the um if you go watch that uh I read a tweet about this, but there's um, go watch that two point conversion to tie the game. Mm-hmm. There to tie it up at thirty five, I think. Yes. Yeah, thirty five. Um, somebody just said, "Go watch that two point conversion." That's why you get in the squat rack, kids. Mm-hmm. And like Jalen Hurts, if you remember, yep. was very famous for being like a power lifter, mm-hmm. and like you saw that, like he got low and drove his legs and wheeled his way into the end zone to, mm-hmm. to tie it up. Uh, I thought Patrick Mahomes. Everyone was everyone's going crazy about Patrick Mahomes. I thought he played well. I thought what 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 really set him apart was that he came up with the big plays at the big moments. Um, I think honestly, it was the narration of the ankle being such an issue yeah, the that it got kind of ingrained in your head. Like, because had he had been completely fine, I think mm-hmm. that everyone would have been like, "That was a pretty average game for him." But they hit the narrative so yeah. hard with it. I actually got sick of hearing about the ankle, to be honest with you. Yeah. Um, like he would do one thing, and it's like, "Oh my god, he's fine!" And it's like, yeah. "Okay, if he's fine, then quit talking about it." The um. The other thing, like, the the Chiefs came out in the second half, down 10, and scored on every possession. Scored essentially a touchdown on every possession. Mm-hmm. Um, they could have had a touchdown on that final possession, but they obviously didn't didn't want to give the ball back to Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. Um, and in the end, they end up winning the game. Okay, let's talk about the final two minutes. Let's talk about particularly the call that everybody's talking about, which mm-hmm. is the holding call. 
Um, it's it was third and like eight, third eight, and seven, yeah. third and eight, and um, they Mahomes throws for the end zone. It's incomplete, and a late flag comes in. I thought the flag was pretty late, and they call holding on um, on his name is James Bradbury. Called they said they he held um, Juju Smith Schuster. So let's start with this. Let's start with what that call didn't do. Yeah. That call didn't cost Philadelphia the game. There's this, like, first of all, I just don't believe that one play, call, uh, like, determines a game overall. Yeah, you gave up. It's it's You a, let them come back within 10. It's a long game. There's, like, 120 <laughs> snaps in this game. Yeah. Like, one play did not do it. So it did not cost them uh, the game. Mm-hmm. It did functionally end the game. Yes. And that's the thing is it came at the very end of the game, so that's what everyone's going to remember. It came at the end of the game, right. It's a horrible call. It's a horrible call. Now, there will be people in the comments, there will be people in the comments that I can only describe as jurisprudence fetishists. All right. Who will say, "Mm, but Tepper, if you read the real book, then the rule book will say that actually it was the right call. Let me tell you something, nerds. One, I don't concede that point. I do not think that him holding him um, materially affected his route. I do not think that it materially affected his route. Plain and simple. I do not concede that point. Secondly, we need to have a bigger conversation about how impossible it is to play defense now. When's the last time we had a rule change that benefited defenses? Mm-hmm. So that's part of it. The other thing, that was the only defensive holding or pass interference call of the game. The only one. You've played 58 minutes. All right, let's talk about speed limits, okay? Okay. You're on the highway, Pickle, and mm-hmm. I know you drive like a bat out of hell. Mm-hmm. You're on the highway. The posted speed limit is 70, mm-hmm. okay? But you understand through the course of going through life mm-hmm. that if you're going 74, you're fine. You're probably going to be okay, right? Yeah. You're Anything probably gonna like be okay. 10% under, you're, you're probably fine. The, the, the officials in that game set the speed limit at such a place and... and Told them over the course of 58 minutes, hey guys, we're, we're going to give you a little leeway. We're going to give you some leeway. We're going to give you some leeway. And then at the critical moment, they pulled somebody over for going 71. Mm-hmm. That's what happened. And like I, I totally agree with people who are saying you should not treat the final two minutes any differently than you treat the, the, the rest of the game, right. right? Like, you shouldn't, like, in the NBA, it's a big deal. It's like, oh, if it's a foul at minute 14, it should be a foul on the, in the final mm-hmm. minute, like, when you're driving for the win, right? When they say, oh, no, swallow your whistles, whatever. Right. I think, I think you're right. If you believe that, you should be outraged at this call mm-hmm. because they set the standard all throughout the game that they were going to let them play a little bit. Yeah. And then they call an extremely ticky-tack call mm-hmm. at the most critical point of the biggest game of the year. And I feel I thought it was an like awful call. I feel like most people were more upset about that portion of it than they That's were true. about the fact that like 
oh, you know, it was or you you can debate it was or wasn't holding all day. That's completely yeah. up to discretion. But yeah, the the timing of a call, I I do the understand timing of that. it being the first the of first its one kind, because yeah. you cannot tell no. me that that didn't happen on thirty other plays mm-hmm. and you and you swallowed your flag then so yep. to speak kept it in your pocket. Anyway, I'm not we love our officials around here, but I thought that was a brutal call. Yeah. Okay. Uh, let's talk about the broadcast because you and I are broadcast wonks. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought Kevin Burkhart and Greg Olson were great. Yeah, I uh, I've had my bits and spats about Greg Olson throughout yeah. the year. He's been. I think he's been uneven mm-hmm. i think there have been times he's been really good and i think there yes. have been times where it's like you just weren't very good today yes. i thought he was great last night. yeah i thought they did it i thought he did a good job and i i've probably been one of his biggest critics since he started doing this um i know that the ticket did a thing one time where when they have like the fake people call in pretending to be mm-hmm. someone they did a greg olson one where he was basically like a kindergarten teacher because that's how oh, he's hey, listen no this, this is this it's is a run thing. pass oh, it's a run pass option you're gonna talk talk to him like this this yeah I thought, yeah there there was there was one there was one last night there was one he had really really bad he was like and that is an rpo that means run pass and, option and I, and I get it because it's weird and and to be clear yes it, as somebody both of us have been in the booth yes and it's difficult to to, to parse because mm-hmm. the people who are watching this show and listening to my voice right now they know football yes right and i'm not trying to butter you guys up but mm-hmm. you do you're obviously of outstanding taste because mm-hmm. you're watching this show you guys know football, but we also know that, especially like when I do a state championship game, there are a non-zero number of people who are tuning in yeah. that don't really know a ton about football. But, and that's not just, yeah, I was just going to say, like, a lot of people use the example of, like, if grandma's watching, you need to be able yeah. to do that. But on the other side of that, like, I think about my brother. My brother is a 19-year-old male, and he doesn't, yeah. he barely, he knows what a wide receiver is he no. doesn't know what an rpo is right. so it's like i do get that it, it is it's, it's hard to it's hard to split that mm-hmm. and i think that there is the best the best guys in the business i think troy aikman's really good can at it. figure out a way to do both can split that difference exactly and, and I, I, th- thought, I thought last night greg olson knowing it's a huge audience yes right? did a good job with it with a lot of people who i mean let's be real there's a fair number of people this is the only football game they've watched this oh yeah absolutely you know, 110 percent. And I completely agree with that. And that's why I thought he did way better last night. I think there was a couple of times, but I think at the beginning of his career, he did it a little bit too much where he was he was he sounded like an elementary school teacher. And it's like, hey, you can take the time to explain what an RPO is. I think that that's a really good thing. But don't do it in the vernacular of like, like the tone. Here's yeah. the run. And it that means run pass option, you know, like just just kind of go through it. And I think yeah. that he d- he did it once last night and I chuckled. I was like, Ah, there he is. But the rest of the time, I thought they did a really good job. Um, I don't know why we're letting Terry Bradshaw hand out the Lombardi Trophy. <sighs> that I, I just don't know why. Like no. you, you have Kurt Menefee right there. Mm-hmm. Like he works for your network. Yep. And he's like the he's the consummate pro. Yeah that um, that studio or even, show is... even like I'll say this. What about Strahan? Yep. Strand hosts Good Morning America. Mm-hmm. Like he can handle that. Why are we? Yeah, why are we Terry, 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 and Jimmy. I I have enjoyed them throughout the years, but I think they're hitting the Lee Corso era where it might be time to say, "Hey, we love you guys, and right. we want you in a capacity, but not necessarily the biggest capacity." <laughs> um, I watched 
I mean, of course, Fox had like a five-hour pregame show. Mm -hmm. The wildest thing I saw all night, walking into, so like they, they're arriving at the stadium and stuff like that, and, and of course, they want to interview Andy Reid uh, whenever he was walking into the stadium, and who interviews Andy Reid but Michael Vick? Yes, yeah. <laughs> I saw that. The I didn't I, see it, but I, I heard about I it. I was alone in my well, alone. Like I was alone in in, in the family room. room I was yeah. I was cooking, and like my wife and kids are upstairs playing, and I audibly said, "What the hell, <laughs> Michael Vick?" I mean, look. Obviously, they got me talking about it. Yeah. So success it for worked. them. That was the wildest thing. Did you? Uh, uh, I think it's Carissa Thompson. Uh, mm -hmm. I, I'm, my wife wants to get your take on her outfit. Did you see her outfit? The pink suit. The pink suit. I loved it. Okay. Yeah. I think she, she she was like, it certainly liked special events. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, I was going to say a lot of times, and I've had a lot of doing a lot of sideline, whether that's like for a broadcast sideline or for like emceeing purposes, I can't tell you the amount of producers that I've had that said, hey, we need you to wear something incredibly bright because we want to be able to find where you're at or the camera guys find where you're at. Yeah. So I was like, no, hey, there's a, there's, she did it. Yeah, there's not a, sometimes it's not an accident. Yes. You know what I mean? I was going to say, most of the time, like every time I've done the Cotton Bowl, I've been told you need to be in bright colors because we want to be, black. yeah, we yeah. need to be able to find where you're or, at or the camera guys can find where you're at. Or you can wear black, at. but you also need to have something bright on. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Uh, anything else on the broadcast? I thought the broadcast was actually pretty clean. Richard Deitch from The Athletic has a really good kind of breakdown of, 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 of the broadcast. I thought it was pretty good. Um, the field was garbage. Yeah, they painted the whole thing. Is that what they said? That's what uh, that's what Terry said on the so halftime show. This is a – I mean, I thought the field was terrible, and this is apparently like a big deal down there. Jalen Hurts had to switch cleats because they said it was slippery, and Terry said because they painted the entire thing. This is apparently a big deal in Arizona because what they do, if you don't know, is that it's real grass. Uh-huh. And what they do is that they roll the grass out into the sun to get it sun, uh -huh. and then they bring it back in when they need it, um, which sounds good. But, like, there's only a couple of other people who use that kind of turf, mm -hmm. and apparently, like, apparently people hate playing in Arizona. Wow. Um, it was and, – and so this is this was something that, that, that was on my radar, and seeing guys slipping and sliding all over the place I thought was, was rather telling. Um, okay. Halftime. Uh, Rihanna, 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 is that right? No. Rihanna, <laughs> Rihanna. Um, I watched it on, uh, uh, we had to pause it because it was bedtime. Yeah. Up, and then I you know, came down and, and my wife and I, and my, my older brother sat there or younger brother and watched it. Um, I thought it was good. Mm -hmm. I did not think it's not the, it's not my favorite halftime show of all time. Mm hmm. I also think you have to judge it on a curve. Yes. Because that woman was preggers. Yes. She was pregnant, which... Um, like, very clearly pregnant, too. So she's so, got to... I mean, with a bump that big... So it's funny. It's got to be five or six out, months. When she came out, um, and, like, the first shot they got of her, like, of her whole body on those platforms... Yeah. Everybody's made the Super Smash Brothers joke. Um, on the platforms... My wife, who, like, she's got a radar for these things. Oh, yeah. Things. Well, she's done it twice. <laughs> she, goes, she goes, she's pregnant. Yeah. And my brother, my younger brother, because uh, this would be a, her second kid. She had a kid recently. Mm -hmm. And so, and he was like, my little brother was like, oh, I don't know. Like, maybe she's just, like, got baby weight on mm -hmm. or something like that. Um, something like that. And I was like, no, she's pregnant. Yeah. And so, 
they very I think it's pretty obvious that they like they had to take back the choreography a they little to dial bit dial it back a little bit because it's like all right this woman is pregnant, pregnant like yeah. you know like we're not going to go crazy mm-hmm. I thought being <laughs> the other thing my wife said is like her OB has got to be going <laughs> Nuts. nuts at home when she's on this platform a yes. hundred feet above In the, the field pregnant she's gotta be like he or she or for OB's gotta be like what, what? in the world are you yeah. doing yeah um, I appreciate her not bailing out uh, you know cause she could've been like look I'm pregnant I can't do it uh, but I thought the, I thought the halftime show was good mm-hmm. like I said I thought the spectacle of course was, was, was very good I thought I thought again you judge it on a curve because she's pregnant I cannot be the only person who, when they started playing All of the Lights, mm-hmm. went, no I thought way. he was coming out. They are not. I thought Kanye was coming out. Bringing out Kanye West. And then yeah. the next song's a Kanye song, too. And Jay-Z. And Jay-Z. And I'm going like, no, 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 yeah. no, 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 no. I expected that. I, the no, moment, you can't do it. The moment All of the Lights started, because like, I knew from the the get-go of that first initial drop, I went, Oh my god! And especially because they did an unbelievable job of teasing it. Because if you noticed, as soon as that started going, they did a like drone shot to the end zone, like to to mm-hmm. the tunnel of what was going to happen. And it was before they obviously whipped it around and did the whole down the aisle thing. But they did an unbelievable job of like teasing that. The he didn't, thank God. But I also think mm-hmm. this is me. I also think he was going to be until the last four months happened mm-hmm. and he became persona non grata yeah um so i was i was like no 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 no, no you can't <laughs> you can't bring kanye west out onto the or yay i think as he goes by now you can't bring him out on in tw- mm-hmm. in the year of our lord 2023 in february 2023 i i thoroughly enjoyed it i thought it was, I, I was entertained I'll say i that. uh and here i guess for me did you like it more than last year last year was the weekend no, last year was the Jay Z or the Oh uh, yeah, Doctor Dre, Eminem, um, Fifty Cent. Production wise, I thought last year's was better. I hold like a special place. I love Rihanna, just absolutely love I too. Rihanna. So for me to get to like see her sing the songs live mm-hmm. again and stuff, I really enjoyed that. I like this one. I compared this one a lot to the Weekends one in. The Weeknd is so talented and has so many unbelievable songs, but I felt like you didn't get to focus on the songs because there was so much going on. Yeah. Oh my God. Like it was impossible to even remember what songs he played because all you remembered was going through the maze and, and say what you will about that. That's unbelievable production and I can't even imagine the price tag on that. But just because Rihanna has so many absolute bangers that every single person knows i like the minimalistic approach to the production kind of i think when she played uh shine bright like a diamond and she had the robe on and they showed the shot of everyone having their phone lights on that was iconic that was i mean i don't i don't necessarily disagree um i thought it was good like i said i I thought it was good it's not my all-time favorite judging on a curve too the oh for sure there is, it does have the wildest shot I've ever seen in a Super Bowl. And I think it might have been the last one of like the drone shot. She, they rise her up onto the top so she's at the very height yeah. of the platform. And then like the drone shot's like cl- close to her and then it like drops back into the. Yeah. That's the craziest thing I've ever seen on television, I think. Yeah. <laughs> that is that a was wild really shot. awesome. Like it feels like they built the whole performance around that moment well and you could tell too because there was multiple uh like that was the like official photo tweeted out by a lot of the main accounts 
following, you know, the CBS sports and the Fox sports and all that stuff, the main shot was that, like a still shot of that. It is. And it was like, okay, yeah, that was where the, the plane was. Wild, wild. Anyway. I enjoyed it. Um, I, I liked it. I give it, it's, it's, not, it's not my favorite, mm-hmm. but it's good. Yeah. I think for the modern era, it's pretty good. Mm-hmm. The, the problem is we've had some bangers recently, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Yeah. So, so it just kind of goes in the banger pile. You yeah, know? and if she didn't have as many good songs that everyone knows, then it would have been deducted it is a also, lot. You it know? is also like a, just proof of like how washed you like, m- my wife and I are. Because like, with her and then with The weekend, and then there was somebody else who before that, the experience has been us being like, oh, they sing that. You know what I mean? Okay, like, I yeah. know that song. And there were a couple of songs where, where my wife was like, oh, I didn't know she sang that. Like, yeah. That's her. Uh, okay, finally. Commercials. H-E-B Tortillas. I must have missed that. The GOAT. That's like really one of the only ones. I was also, I was doing scheduling stuff while I was mm-hmm. watching. Mm-hmm. But I saw the, like, the very first frame of that one was a bag of the homemade bakery H-E-B Tortillas. Mm-hmm. And so I watched the whole thing. It was awesome. H-E-B had two different ones, but the Tortilla one was dope. Love it. Um, I'll need to go back and check that out. My favorite was the Breaking Bad Pop Chips commercial. Did you see this? Uh-uh, I missed that one. It's very good. They got... I saw people tweeting about that one. They got Walt and Jesse, and that would have been enough. Uh-huh. But then, I, what took it over the top, they had Walt and, Je- like, Walt and Jesse are like, instead of cooking methamphetamine, mm-hmm. they are cooking these Pop Chips or whatever and stuff like that. And then, but what put it over the top is that then... They go out there and they're moving the product, and it's Tuco, who's like one of the big villains from Breaking mm-hmm. Bad. And I was like, "Wow!" That was just a very much like a for me, like, "Oh, look at like a like a, a, That's a cool. Leonardo DiCaprio." Yes, like, <laughs> pointing at the. Like um, I thought you would like the. Did you see the Binky Dad one? I did. I, saw I Binky thought Dad. that you. I thought that That's good. We Relatable. talked. We talked the other day on Thursday when we were previewing the Super Bowl, and I remember that you were talking about how, obviously, with the car companies, they have to find a way to make it attractive. Yeah. And I thought the Binky Dad was a Binky really was relatable, like, oh yeah, good idea. Oh yeah, I thought I thought that was uh, I thought that was big. I'm trying to think of like what the theme of this year's Super Bowl was, like the commercial, because like last year was the crypto Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. I don't really know if I can draw like a, a through no. line. I did like they had John Travolta. They they had the Grease one. Yeah, with the Scrubs I got guys. hyped about that. With the Scrubs guys. Yeah, I yeah. know. I, uh, Grease is an all time beatdown for me, but that's I'm happy for you. Thank you. Um and and yeah, so um I just need to go back and, and watch more of them. I was yeah. You know, we were entertaining, and then like yeah, children and things like that, and then yeah. and then we had a pause, and we had like 45 minutes built up, and I'm like, well, I want to watch the end live. You yeah, know what I mean, so then we kind of kind of skipped through it. I got, yeah, I got, I got I, that the HB tortilla one was the one that caught my eye. Um, other than that, I was working through most of the commercials. Yeah. So anyway, I for one, I enjoyed that Super Bowl. I am going to give Super Bowl 57 one thumb up. A second thumb up, a third thumb in the middle, and a fourth thumb three quarters of the way up. Those are all positive directions. So there you go. I thought it was a good night. Yeah, and, I enjoyed and my, it. And my air fryer. Oh, yeah. Did the wings MVP. turn out well? Oh, oh. Nice. Oh. By the way, here's it. You guys need a little tip because something I found out. <laughs> you can buy two kinds of wings, okay, mm-hmm. like at the store. You can either buy what they call like party wings, okay. which is basically, or you can buy regular wings. the The regular wings are like not separated into the flats or the and the drums. Mm-hmm. They're just come as a, like a whole piece. 
and they are significantly cheaper than the party wings. Mm-hmm. Like, way too, like a dollar fifty a pound cheaper. Wow, way cheaper. Yeah, that is so I did it that way, and it takes you five minutes to cut them up. Oh and yeah, it's labor. So anyway, that's the way to go. There's your value right. tip, and that's Super Bowl Fifty Seven. There we go. Football season's over now. Uh, let's go over to Ashley Pickle from our second America's second favorite segment, Final Thoughts. Um, I don't know. I think we have a full week of show this week. Well, let's I think. Let's find out. Yeah, we'll see. But this would be the first week in a long time, I think, that yeah, we've had a full a week of pink show. Pink eye. Um, yeah. So, but, so, you know, they just... You know, it's, it's like the you work at the factory, and they've got the X number of days since our last accident. Yeah. It's like ours is like X number of days since our like kid one. got sick. It's like two. Yeah. <laughs> so... That's we'll fair. We do. Anyway, that's going to do it for us. Thanks for spending a little bit of your day with us. Follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Dave Campbell's. Follow us on Instagram. Instagram.com slash Dave Campbell's. And, of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. For Ashley Pickle, I'm Greg Tepper. Vince Young, please give me your Player of the Year trophy tomorrow. Pickle and Mallory recap their trip to Fredericksburg. Plus Math yeah. Tuesday. Math Tuesday. Today.